Preface to the Second Edition Sex in Michigan, Beards and Baseball, The New Jerusalem in the New World In 1936, the House of David offered Babe Ruth $35,000 a year to play for its barnstorming baseball team. Ray Doan, manager of the barnstorming team and a community member, said, The Babe won't be required to wear whiskers either. The babe declined in spite of the waiver in his case of the rule that all players wear beards. This sort of information contributed to my perplexity about the house of David when I first encountered it. The impressionistic notions of this religious colony I had formed over several years seemed contradictory. On the one hand, there was a description of the group in William Hines' American Communities and Cooperative Societies, 1908, which emphasized the messianic pretensions of its leaders, Mary and Benjamin Purnell, and sketched its Adventist theology. According to Hines, the colony was filled with dedicated believers who thought themselves part of the elect 144,000 children of Israel forming the in-gathering at Benton Harbor, Michigan, in anticipation of the millennium, but there was no mention of athletic interest or capacity. They were characterized as being not only sane but intelligent and are assuredly, so far as the observer can judge, morally sound. Yet there were two other notions, certainly less well-defined, though equally compelling, that I had about the house of David. The first revolved around a childhood memory of going to see the Harlem Globetrotters play and seeing a bearded basketball team take the floor. All I can remember is that they wore beards, and in Brooklyn in the late 1950s, the only people with beards were Hasidic Jews. I assumed that it was the local synagogue fielding a team, some local color prior to the arrival of the real exotics. My confusion was compounded years later when I read a pulp article about a scandalous free love community in Michigan where the leader had a harem and lived like a king. That colony was also called the House of David and bore no resemblance to the basketball team I saw, nor did I recognize it again when, as a graduate student, I read William Hines' account of the colony. That all three could be the same colony was too preposterous. Who had ever heard of a bearded, possibly Jewish, Adventist colony in Michigan that played basketball in Brooklyn and, off-court, practiced free love? In 1972, I began to try to make some sense out of my contradictory impressions. What I found, of course, was that the preposterous was not only true, but also even more preposterous when one began to probe the history of the House of David. First and most astounding was my realization that so little had been written about it and that a rich set of resources existed in the form of court records and investigative reports compiled by federal, state, and local officials because of that scandal-ridden history I had read about in the pulp magazine. Because the records were so voluminous, no researcher had sorted through the material located at the State Historical Commission and in the records of the State Attorney General's office, both in Lansing. I read those records and analyzed them with an eye toward constructing a colony history from its inception through its legal dissolution.